0: You go. Sorry, the button was stuck. It is Monday. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Huh? How are you?
1: I'm good. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Okay. It is the start of the week.
1: yeah great
0: week it is Did you watch the game last night? <laughs>
1: yeah I did. I'm sure James is
0: uh a little upset just a little. <clears throat> yeah, never, I didn't call him until I'll call him today. I figured I'd let him cool down a little bit. <sighs> <laughs>
1: I I I wanted uh, I wanted the 49ers to win, but my team wasn't there, so I really didn't care who won. Uh, But whenever uh, Kansas City tied it up, I knew that uh, San Francisco was in trouble. They lost that uh, point lead and just went downhill from there.
0: All you right? know, the, the sad part of football is it's no longer about football.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's about whatever celebrity's there or who which player' dating which celebrity it's not even Kansas mm-hmm. City, you know it's now Taylor Swift. It's like yeah the wrestling. Home's life, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I like wrestling, but I watch it because it is a soap opera is what. Wrestling is like watching a male version of a soap opera.
1: Oh, soap opera! Oh, okay.
0: You know, you got all this drama and all this junk going on in a little bit of wrestling. <laughs>
1: yeah, I uh, I hate soap operas and I hate wrestling, but I do like rollers.
0: I've seen some of it. It's very interesting. It's a good place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very brutal.
1: Yeah, it's a good place to take your aggression out.
0: (laughs) It really is a good outlet for moms.
1: It is. <clears throat> I like it. Oh, I used to watch it constantly whenever I was growing up. I loved it. <laughs> so, uh, I had a question yeah, this morning. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah? You already asked me if I watched Super Bowl, and I know you watch Super Bowl.
0: I didn't. uh, I really um, stopped watching football when it became political. hmm. When it came to the big controversy with Kaepernick and kneeling with the flag, I stopped watching it. Because the whole point of football for me was an escape from reality and what was going on in my life. Because it was, you know, we watched it a lot in the military. And mm-hmm. I have this belief that if you're in a un- my belief is the same as it holds in the military or law enforcement or firemen. When you're in a uniform, you represent that organization that that you owns that uniform, not your personal opinion
1: right not your personal bandstand exactly.
0: So, the only football I watch is college and, of course, the um, Army-Navy game. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen an Army-Navy game for a long time. This year's was really good. It was very close. Very, very. It was down to the wire. Hmm. And the Army won. Sweet. And Sweet. even sweeter, Sweet. uh, we, it was really cool this year. The Army-Navy game was actually played to coincide with um, a bunch of stuff that was happening. Um, let's see here. It was played at Gillette Stadium, and uh, I can't remember all of it now, but it was something to do with the anniversary of the, um, Mm -hmm. like the Boston Tea Party and a couple other things. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the 124th ga- game, 24th meeting, New England there for the matchup. So it was this huge, huge, certain historical, like everything kind of got put together for the game. And, you know, for us, it was a better game. We won. And La- the um, commander-in-chief's um, trophy was actually the Air Force hat, and so the Army got back from the Air Force in that big rivalry. But it's um. So it was played in the birthplace of the National Guard, and it was also um, the anniversary of the USS Constitution. So there are a bunch of huge historical events that actually happened around that same time period to coincide with the game. It's really kind of cool. Wow. <coughs> but I cut you off and you didn't get question.
1: So what? I-
0: Yep Am I cutting out a little bit? I'll fix that Give me one minute There we go There, is that better? So what? Yep, now is that better? Yeah. All right. My um internet's a little wonky yet. I don't have everything set up in the right places since the move. Hmm. So what was your question?
1: Well, I, I was really uh, amazed at the, uh, whenever they played the National Anthem. Nobody, nobody took a knee. I'm glad to see that the NFL was pro starting to, or has gotten over that piece of crap. But my question was, uh, with every every Super Bowl, um, I always uh, look at it from the spiritual side of, side of things. Uh, what spiritual lesson can you apply to it, or from it, get
0: from it? True You know, one, you know that the NFL finally passed some regulations about um, kneeling for the flag. It's actually a fireball offense. But um, I was very happy to hear that Reba McIntyre was doing the ass up because then I knew it was going to be done right. But she Mm -hmm. is a very devout um, Christian. Mm hmm her her faith fuels her life. And uh, you know, my big takeaway is, you know, watching people like her. She's always been strong in her faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she is, you know, there's the, the big rival between an artificial one. They're really good friends. But, you know, the rival between Reba McIntyre and Dolly Parton over the queen of country. But you have two women that have persevered through horrible things. Mm-hmm. And their faith has never, never stopped. And look at to this day, they're one of the oldest female country stars. And they're still relevant. They're, they're happy. They're content. But they've never changed who they are. And I really believe faith, if, when you follow your faith, when you follow, you know, it helps you guide you to become who you are. And you stay who you are. You're not as easily sold out to the highest bidder of the new shiny object.
1: Yeah. Well, you can uh, you can hear it, too. (laughs) Well, I
0: mean, you look at the music industry. There's so many one-hit wonders that listen to what everyone tells them to do and they don't laugh. And when you have people who are devout and saved and they know who they are and they follow who they are, they're there for the long haul. And the one thing I love about these women You know, Jean Dolly Pardon and Reba is they both give back to a lot of different organizations, and it's not where they just kind of check, they physically do things, and they don't take what they've been given for granted, they just truly feel like they're blessed, and they raise. Well, like, Riva raises her kids that way. I know um, one of the uh, posts that came up on my social media account, was it Thursday or Friday? Someone asked that question. You know, what is the one thing that you want to make sure you maintain when you're starting and keeping a business? And that was my response, staying true to me and my faith and who I am, and not sell out to the fame and the fortune.
1: Right, because that's that's all fleeting, and we we need that in today's society any society yeah. um when the Romans would conquer a uh, a region and they'd be riding back uh in in the Rome, the uh the lead chariot or the person that actually won the battle uh riding in the chariot, always had somebody with him standing behind him, whispering in his ears, saying, all fame is fleeting. So, that's, I try to have that in my ear. Doesn't always work. But I try.
0: No. <laughs> right, especially now. Um, Ash Wednesday is coming up on Wednesday. And what is the uh, significance to that? I do not remember you want to fill us in? I don't know I didn't know if it,
1: it came from uh the Greeks after they uh would uh, cremate the uh, the remains of the heroes or what i don't I don't know
0: so Ash Wednesday takes place the forty sixth days before Easter Sunday and chiefly observed, well it's more of a Catholic holiday and now Christians picked it up but it comes from the ancient Jewish tradition of penance and fasting that includes wearing of ashes on the head it symbolizes the dust which God made made us it also symbolizes grief and that we have sinned and caused division from God. It goes back second century.
1: Hmm.
0: It's a day of potential, penitential. I can't even speak, prayer and fasting.
1: Interesting. So, is it a uh, man made ritual or something God wants us to do?
0: The ashes are made from the blessed palms used from Palm Sunday celebration the previous year. Wow. I always wonder what they did yeah. with the palm palm um, <laughs> branches after Palm Sunday.
1: Yeah, they got to keep them for a whole year, though. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Where are you going to store
0: them? Huh. So, I have no idea. So the Bible uses ashes originated from the Old Testament times. Ashes symbolized morta- mourning, mortality, and penance. The book of Esser, Mordecai put a sackcloth and ashes when he heard of the decree of King Azores, or Xerxes, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm here, 485 to 464 BC in Persia to kill all the Jewish people in the Persian Empire. Ezra 4.1. Job, whose story was written between 7th and 5th century, repented in a sackcloth and ashes, Daniel wrote, I turn to the Lord God pleading in earnest prayer with fasting sackcloth and ashes, Daniel Mm 9.3. So really, the Bible, they did it in the Bible with a sackcloth of ashes. We've just modified it a little bit. So the origins are actually in the Bible, And I've never put two and two together. I didn't either. Jesus himself also made references to ashes, referring to towns that refused to repent of sin, although they had witnessed the miracles and heard the gospel. If miracles worked in you and taken place in Tyre and Sidon, they would have been reformed in sackcloth and ashes long ago, Matthew eleven twenty one. 21.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The early popes used sackcloth of ashes. And it just kind of, the Middle Ages is when it kind of started doing the other way. Which also goes to, you know, um the funeral rites. More Catholic, but ashes to ashes, dust to dust. hmm And even the kids nursery rhyme. Nursery rhyme. You know, I don't have anything planned for Hometown Heroes today at noon. We're going to do Ash Wednesday and talk about the historic significance of Ash Wednesday. Thank you.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) My guest
0: had to cancel at the last minute, and so I haven't had anything planned. So if you're free at noon, jump on.
1: I'll see what I can't do.
0: Because I love learning about the traditions that we, because I'm a big believer in following traditions, telling your story, knowing where your family came from. And so many generations now, so many people now, don't know where they came from. And ironically, you know, that that is why Black History Month actually started.
1: Hmm.
0: Was because this gentleman, and he's got a phenomenal story, um, Woodson. He didn't go to elementary school. He his, had a big family and he worked as a kid. He had two hmm. years of college or high school graduated high school in two years, went to the University of Chicago, and then from there earned his degrees, ended up being the second African-American man to graduate with a, math, a, a doctorate and a master's degree from Harvard University. Wow. This is back in the 20s mm-hmm. when they didn't go to Harvard, but he they learned, didn't go in, to school. You know, <laughs> yeah, really. And um, they, a lot of the African-American history was not being told correctly. And the stories from the slave times, which wasn't that long ago during that time period, were not right. being passed down. And he wanted, it started out as a couple days and ended up being a week of learning the stories. And from there, it blew up to a month. And it was all about learning their history. And yet, to this day, we still haven't learned that lesson.
1: Because we don't learn from history.
0: You know, um, my husband's a perfect example of that. His family actually came over on the Mayflower. But he knows nothing about his family history. He knows nothing about his descendants. And the coolest part about his family, and we're working on researching it now, is the town we live in. His family was the original, one of the original settlers of this town, which happens to be one of the oldest towns in southern Minnesota. It became a town the day Minnesota became a state. Wow. And yet he knows nothing about the people.
1: He's not interested?
0: There's no one to tell him the story. His mom never paid attention and didn't care. And to this day Hmm. still refuses to say anything. And she's one of these whack jobs, and I say this wholeheartedly. She is a nut job. Um, She's one of those sovereign citizens. Um, When she can't find what she's looking for to fill in the blanks when you're looking up your family history, Hmm. she'll make it up. Huh. Or or she will dilute it a little bit Or change it So she went from a Christian family To now they're semi-Jewish So that sounds great And I know she tried to She tried to research My family history And she was changing some of the stuff Well years ago My grandma paid um, Back in the day Um, priests would help research family history. Mm -hmm. You paid a little bit of money to do it. We had it done, and we had our family trace its original roots back to Ireland, where we came from. One side of my family came from Germany. The other side came from Ireland. And she's telling me, oh, no, this is wrong. You're not German-Irish because your family lived here. I go, yeah, my family lived in England for a whole 60 days. For so many days because when they traveled to America, there was no plane. They had to drive and walk from Germany to a port. And the cheapest, easiest way to come here was from England, not from, you know. So, yeah, they stayed in different areas for a while. does not mean we're from there originally. And so when I got the the DNA testing done, it comes back, mm-hmm. German-Irish. I go, see? <laughs> I know my family. I know where we came from. I know the good and the bad. <laughs> my family hasn't been here that long. My family came over here during World War One. So... Half of my family fought on the American side. The other half fought on the German side in both wars. Hmm. Well, my great-grandparents didn't speak a league of English. They spoke German. That's the sad part about the way life is. is like we don't acknowledge this stuff anymore. You gotta, you know, you know. The same with faith. I mean, for the longest time, you know, if you believed in God, you were harassed. You no, know, it wasn't a good thing. Hmm. So that's where I got, was really impressed with the new Speaker of the House. Because when he got voted in, the first thing he did was um, pray openly on the floor. when they opened um, Congress. Gonna get, get loud for a second. I gotta grab a notebook for my daughter. Okay. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. You know what's ironic is. You know, when you want them to ask you for something, they don't do it; they won't take it. But when you want them to just take it because they know where it is and you're doing something, then they gotta ask you and bug you about it.
1: <laughs> of course, they do.
0: No, we're still working on um setting everything up and figuring out the right spot. Um, The house he moved into is over 100 years old. Part of the house, mm-hmm. wow. And so when they added on to the house, because it used to be a one-bedroom little house, there's a giant steel beam running across the new addition to the old addition.
1: Hmm.
0: And so, uh which works out perfect because I have like a swing for the kids to use and things like that, that I know where to hang it from.
1: There you go.
0: <laughs> but um, and we have, I have like a boxing uh, or um, those um, ba- boxing bags that I've never been yeah. able to hang up because I didn't have a place to do it.
1: <laughs> but
0: it interferes with um, Wi-Fi signal. That's like when you go into, like, Lowe's or, like, different Walmarts and you go into certain areas, your, your Wi-Fi will kick out, your internet mm-hmm. or your phone service will kick out. That's why. That's like when you go to clubs or bars. A lot of times you're down in the basement, your signal don't work. It's from all the steel and all the metal. Mm. But you know, going back to faith and stuff, that's why I give Trump a lot of credit. I mean, he don't like him. You know, that's your personal opinion, but he made faith to speak outwardly and publicly about it again. Okay. (laughs) No. It wasn't something where, you know, we had to hide anymore. And he's these movements where um, faith-based schools are now uh, some states to get funding and be considered public schools. And the private schools that are faith-based, you can actually apply for government scholarships for them. And so their tuitions are going down so more people can go to those. That's the reason why, you know, a lot of faith-based schools were so expensive because they were completely private. They couldn't get any help from the government.
1: I went public, so I don't... My kids
0: went public. My kids do charter. Um, I'd love for them to go to our public school, but like our local school, it's really cool. Is we're, we're a very small town. We're a town of people, and that's on a holiday when everybody's home. But we have our own school, K through 12. And we get a lot of help by a couple of rich benefactors in the town to help pay for the, t- the school. But our public school, like, um, you know, you have like catechism, you have um, confirmation classes, things like that with the church. They built that into the curriculum so kids that go to the different churches in our town can have like a free period for them to go. And do your day stuff. At the end of the day, school, so that these kids can still do church, um, do church and do their programs, but still do sports and things like that in the afternoon.
1: Hmm. Yeah, my I know, uh, confidence in, in public schools just not real high anymore.
0: That's because we're dumbing down our education to meet the kids. We're no longer, you know. I know. There's a meme, and I love it. Um, it's talking. It's the Asian communities compared to mm-hmm. the American communities. You know, an Asian kid gets a C, it's the end of the world. An American kid gets a C or a D, they're like, "All oh, right, I passed." We're struggling <laughs> yeah. for mediocrity. But that is all part of the carbon core curriculum and the no child being left behind. And, and this has been, you know, a, a known fact for years. for well, decades. You know, certain people, troll makers and jocks, get passed along to one, you know, keep them in sports, but two to get rid of these kids instead sort of working with them and teaching them the basic facts. And the sad part yeah. is is my daughter my daughter was one of those kids. Because they claim that it's more traumatizing to hold them back and make them a year younger than the rest of the kids in the class than it is to hold them back and let them learn what they need to learn and get them caught up. You know, we pulled my daughter out of her, the school she was in because she was in third grade. She couldn't read at all, and she mm. couldn't do simple math. And part of it's her learning disability, and part of it is her self-esteem because she struggled so much that she just didn't want to do it anymore. She just gave up because she couldn't get the help. And uh, when I wanted to hold her back, Okay, so her birthday is in June, and so she wouldn't be a year different. She'd either be the youngest kid or the oldest kid, but she'd be the same age. The school refused to hold her back. They said they wanted to keep her going and just help her get caught up. I go, how you help her get caught up when she's behind? And she's going to still be behind. Well, we'll figure that out when she gets into junior high and high school. But yeah. They this basically wrote her off. Is it, that's it. But the school, they even brought the principal in and the school head of the district and said, we're not going to hold her back. I'm like, no. So you're telling me you don't think she's going to amount to anything in life. She's always going to struggle. And so you're writing her off when she's in second grade, going in or third grade, going into fourth grade, instead of actually helping her to achieve. You all know and I lost it. Andy walked in the house and he heard me on the computer yelling at the school and he's like, What? And I go, They won't hold her they won't hold her back. They just want to keep her going. And I go, This is just fucking nuts. Y'all Yo, you got your heads up your asses. <laughs> and the sad part was is that I had Ariana in the meeting with the school and she was asking to be left behind. She wanted to try it again. You have a kid saying you wanna be left behind so that you could catch up. She's too overwhelmed. And they won't even listen to the child.
1: That's crazy. I guess
0: it is, You know, in the new school we're in, it's really great because Minnesota passed um, regulations where the the kids, the students are allowed to talk about faith in school. The teachers are not supposed to. They can't shut it down. They can't encourage or discourage it. So when they do um, classes, live lessons online, very on these two little girls start talking about God and Jesus and faith. And the teacher is very uncomfortable because she doesn't have, doesn't believe. And she tries to change the subject, but it doesn't work. no.
1: Trying to talk to those type of people is like going up against an armed men because they don't have the weapons of our warfare.
0: Know what I mean? Right. No. It, it. What's funny to me about the whole thing is, and I'm listening to it, and you know, I'm letting it go, is you have this adult teacher. Who doesn't have the smart to be able to outsmart a couple nine-year-olds to change the twist and change the subject around to get them refocused? <laughs> These people are the ones that are supposed to be teaching and shaping the minds of our youth.
1: Yeah, they're shaping them all right. Not exactly in the way that we. Lighted. That's true. Because they're still in the clay form. They haven't been put in the furnace yet. Mm You know what I mean? Uh huh.
0: And that's the scary part about it is that you know these kids are not getting the correct the right they're not getting the that right molding they need to to grow and learn and be self-sufficient. And we're failing them on every way possible.
1: Yeah, they're not getting the good uh, mentorship or the leadership.
0: Of course, good.
1: You
0: know, our church we're creating. Um, it'll happen either the summer or the spring. Spring is a youth community service group and we're going to partner with the local schools because a lot of schools require community service to graduate. You have to do things. So we're going to work with the schools to help find projects for the kids to do in the neighborhoods, you know, that are actual meaningful. Mm -hmm. Mowing lawns for some of the elderly, raking leaves, cleaning gutters, planting flowers. Just hanging out. It's from the senior centers. When I was a kid, I used to volunteer and go to um, one of the nursing homes. I used to love sitting there listening to them talk. And it always amazed me. There was a couple ladies there. They'd make those um, crochet doilies. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a forgot. It's an old... Old school art that's really not big anymore. Yeah, I st- still make them, but this one lady was born blind, and she makes the most pretty intricate designs without being able to see what she's doing. It just I just stood there watching her all the time because it just amazed me. Get it
1: down to a fine art, huh?
0: It is. Any of the, you know, homemaker things are now a fallen art. It's beneath us. Yep. That's well, the
1: sure.
0: like, um. That's sad because, you know, like, it is it. You know all those banners that you know hang up in your in the church for different seasons or whatever. Ours are all homemade. They've been people have made them in, you know for the church, and they're all glued on glued together. They're really pretty, but they're glued together.
1: Mm-hmm. These are
0: forty fifty year old banners, so I've been taking them home individually one by one, and as we're taking them down, putting new ones up, and sewing them back together. And everyone's like amazed I knew how to do that. I'm like, it's not hard.
1: <laughs> Maybe you ought to have
0: a class. I was thinking about it. I have a couple extra sewing machines I can donate.
1: I don't need um, them. I, I told you we just set them up and say, okay, we're having a class on sewing.
0: Well, so I mean, donate them so they stay at the church. Because I don't need them. Um, my husband does construction, so he does clean out. So every time he, um, bring, he finds a sewing machine, he'll bring one home. <laughs> and it actually worked out really nice because he found me an old Singer sewing machine that's in the cabinet with all the attachments. The sewing machine's from like the 50s.
1: Hmm.
0: And it works phenomenal. It's, it's old and metal. It's not plastic and crap.
1: Yeah. My grandmother had a metal uh, pedal. pedal machine.
0: That is my dream. That's the one I want to get. I want one of those old treble sewing machines, the old pedal ones.
1: And whenever I was little, I used to climb underneath there and just rock that thing back and forth, and play with it, <clears throat> because uh, there was there was a way that you could disconnect uh, uh, the machine, mm-hmm. but still have tension on the on the pedal, yeah, the big big pedal thing, and uh, oh, I used to used to love that. Me and my cousin used to get underneath there and just act like a bunch of nuts.
0: <laughs> like the old seesaws. The old what? A seesaw or tear totter. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, those things, I know. Uh, they you don't see them too often anymore.
0: Not in working condition.
1: Yeah, that's sure. Most
0: of them are sold for part um, for steel because they're solid steel. I know. No, um, I our Go ahead. our church is setting up. We're organizing it to do an old fashioned Easter egg hunt An old fashioned family day the day before Easter. Oh,
1: right.
0: nice. So. When you watch, like, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, the old Western*, that's the kind of stuff we're going to do. We're going to do an Easter egg hunt, and then we're going to do, like, a three-legged race and, you know, the egg tosses. Mm -hmm. A lot of the old stuff that we don't do anymore to have, and do potluck lunch to bring the community Mm -hmm. together the day before Easter.
1: That'll be interesting.
0: (laughs) We're going to post pictures and video on Facebook after it's done. It'll be interesting to see some of the kids try to learn how to work together, use communication, you know, three-legged race, things like that.
1: (laughs) I know a lot of adults that can't do that.
0: No. But it's fun watching them, though.
1: Yeah, it is fun watching them, but... Uh, trying to tell them how to work together. Yeah, it's like talking to a brick wall.
0: Oh, well, I think adults are worse than kids when it comes to that, honestly. Kids, it comes naturally.
1: I mean, they... They want to work together. They're smarter than what we think they are.
0: Yeah. But sometimes it's part of the problem.
1: What, they they're smarter or that we just don't want to acknowledge it? That's true. <laughs> no, there other uh, other ones on on the
0: on the radio. Nope, not today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But your listenership has increased quite a bit on the replays. You're becoming one of the more pop, one of the most, one of the more popular shows. Really? Uh huh. Wow. I'm gonna go through the analytics and see what times people listen to it.
1: Yeah, I got a couple of uh, things we can. Discuss next time. Awesome. Want to hear them? Or you want me what to send somebody... them to you? I'm sorry, what? I say, okay, you, you want to hear them or you want me to send them to you? Or maybe I'll do Oh, that. no, I
0: want, I want to hear them.
1: Well, I'd, I'd like to discuss uh, The difference between goals and dreams And then uh, Trying to take the word can't Out of our vocabulary What do you think?
0: I love that.
1: Because we're so training, quick. There was
0: no such word as can't, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and that's like the first word that comes to everybody's mouth now is, I can't do this. Yeah. No, you can't can do that. You just don't want to. Exactly.
1: Our di's <laughs> back then. Our our uh, di the first first night, our di our uh, came in and said, "I'm going to give you guys a a break." tomorrow he said uh, I'm going to start you off with a quarter mile half mile mile and then mile and a half and we'll work our way up right uh huh wrong as soon as we got out on PT field alright mile and a half and you had to do it in so many so many minutes <laughs> Anybody say they can't do it? They're gonna be cute. I said, "No, I ain't saying I can't." <laughs> but I did it. As a matter of fact, we all did.
0: No, honestly, I- that is what I went through, and I. You know, the kids get screwed down boot camp, and, um, you know, we were always taught you're not an army of one, you're a team, and I wouldn't have passed boot camp if it wasn't for my, you know, um, first lieutenant and a couple of buddies that I am still really good friends with to this day. Helping push you through. hmm Because there's a lot of times in boot camp you think you can't do it. And uh, and that's one of the things that I talk about when I work with um, clients, especially with, like, post-war syndrome, and they're trying to get over what they, you know, dealt with. They go, remember boot camp? Remember what you went through? And all the things you accomplished that you didn't think you could do it, but you didn't give up. You survived that. We can survive that.
1: Well, you remember Napoleon at the uh, Battle of Waterloo? Mm-hmm. He told his, uh, told his men, he said, impossible is a word found only in the dictionary of fools. You want to be known as a fool? That's it. So to me, impossible just means I'm possible.
0: Right? That's it. I actually have um, a little sign that I have up next to the kids' workstation for school that says that. That impossible means I'm possible. That's Break the right. word up.
1: Exactly. I had a sign up over my desk at work. You say, please do not disturb. I'm disturbed enough already.
0: <laughs> Mine is, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy.
1: That's right. <clears throat> happy ha- happy spouse happy happy
0: house that's right <laughs> <laughs> i hear that i'm getting better i'm at placing what? my frustration in the right places and not just at the nearest thing that's near me when i'm frustrated Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, I know. Me too.
0: It's just sometimes it gets hard because somebody asks you, like, the dumbest question when you're frustrated. And they know you're, fr- they don't know you're frustrated because you're off doing your own work, but they just come to you at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I gotta find an old Chinese, uh, thing to that one. I can't, uh, can't remember it. Something, Something like, uh, a few minutes of few minutes of kind words can uh I don't know. I I I can't think of it, so I will find it and I will send it to you.
0: Awesome. So we are out of time for today.
1: Yes we are.
0: So join us back here at noon and we're gonna talk about the origins of Ash Wednesday. Have a good day Have a good night Thank you for joining us today We'll see you back here next Monday morning At 9 a.m. Eastern Amen Bye for now
1: Bye for now